Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Affirmation Addict Podcast. On today's episode, I'm actually diving into all things intuitive eating. On last week's episode, I discussed what affirmations can really do to help you lose weight. And the answer is really not what you think. And so it's a really powerful episode that I know resonated with a lot of you. And the follow-up questions you guys had were you wanted to know more about intuitive eating, which is something that I started doing to help me through my body image and self-worth journey. And I'm so excited to really dive in and talk about it with you. So if this is something of interest to you, keep listening and I hope you enjoy. Enjoy. You're listening to the Affirmation Addict Podcast with Pyle Agarwal. This podcast will teach you about the power of affirmations while making manifestation easy and accessible for you in order to enhance your spiritual consciousness. Thank you so, so much for being here, and I'm so excited to dive into today's episode. Actually, wait, before we get started, I wanted to check with you. Have you heard about my new app? It's called Affirm It, and it's your one-stop shop for all things affirmations, manifestation, and self-healing. I really have been wanting to create something for you that truly empowers you to realize that you genuinely have everything you need within you. You don't need me. You don't need any other coaches. This app genuinely has everything you need to get that life that you've been trying to manifest. And it has gentle daily reminders, guided audio affirmations, sleep affirmations, affirmation reminders, and so much more good information, good energy, and so many things that I know will help you manifest your dreams. Because I'm so grateful for you, I'm actually offering you a free seven-day trial. And this is a genuine seven-day trial. That means you don't have to type in your credit card. You won't be automatically charged. There's no ads and you get complete access to the app as if you've already subscribed to it. So if you do want to learn more about the app, head over to affirmation-addict.com slash app, or if you're ready to dive in, head over to the iTunes app store and search for Affirm It. The Android version will be coming soon, and as soon as it's ready, I'll be sure to let you know. Now we can officially dive into today's episode. All right, welcome to today's episode. And I'm so excited because this episode is something that I'm actually super passionate about. And I don't talk about it very often on my page just because I'm not completely 100% focused on body image and wellness, so to speak, and how we react with food. I more so talk about our mind. So I think it's going to be a really fun episode for me to share what I know about intuitive eating and how I practice it and what I have learned over the years. And one thing I want to preface with is, one, I am not um, a expert on intuitive eating. This is through my own personal practice, through my own research, through my own learning. So if this doesn't align with you, it doesn't have to. It's just what I do, what I've learned, and what I have noticed in my personal journey. And I just wanted to say that because things with health and wellness sometimes can be um, a little more kind of touchy and a little more science-based, medical-based, even though there's a ton of science-based information about intuitive eating. So, and I will talk about that. But what I want to do first is talk to you about what intuitive eating really is. So my definition of intuitive eating is it's that it's basically an approach to 
eating, not based off of diets and what foods impact you or counting macros or counting calories, but more so tuning into your body and listening to your body and listening to what your body really needs. And it's a really different approach because you're not looking at the nutrition labels. You're not looking at how much fat compared to how many carbohydrates compared to how many, I don't even know what people count these days, vitamins, protein, anything. It has nothing to do with that. All it has to do with is you and your body. And the reason I think this is so powerful is because it's all about redefining your relationship with food. The purpose of intuitive eating is not necessarily to change your body to look or feel a certain way. It's actually, to me, the most beautiful thing is that it's teaching you how to trust your intuition, listen to your own self and your own body's needs, as well as break those stigmas. And there's stigmas around certain foods that most of us hold, that most of us are very aware of. And I really want to, I'm going to dive into that, but there's a few principles I like to follow with intuitive eating. And I'm going to dive deep into each one of them for you. And the first one is releasing everything you think you know about food. And so what does this mean? Every single rule, every single fact you know about food, intuitive eating to me at least is about releasing all of that. And that's the same thing that is very parallel for me with anything that you're trying to manifest, so to speak, in life is you release everything that you think you know and you pick your own beliefs. That to me is the same thing you can do with food. So one is releasing everything you think you know about food because food has energy and food is an energetic being. It's responding to the way you look at it. It's responding to the way you treat it. So food is also energy. So release everything you know about food. And I'm going to give you some examples of what to release. For example, we all think that sugar is bad for you. And I'm not saying this is true or false. I'm just saying release what you know. Release the way that makes you feel. If sugar is so bad for you and you take a bite of a chocolate cake you're really craving, is that really, really going to hurt you so badly where you go on this whole downward spiral because you feel so shameful about yourself? So that's what we're trying to avoid here with intuitive eating. We're trying to redefine our relationship with food and release everything we think we know. And the reason that's so important is because a lot of our knowledge about food comes from big corporations, whether it's marketing corporations, whether it's the food businesses themselves, whether it's governments with trade. I don't know what guides all of these food kind of benefits, but if you think about it, one week they'll say that, um, I forgot what it was called. Oh, Splenda. I think a couple years ago they said Splenda was the best sweetener. It's so good for you that it's the best sugar replacement, best sugar alternative. And then just a little bit later, studies came out showing that Splenda could cause cancer. Splenda was actually not that good for you. So then the new big thing was honey. Honey was all natural. It was great. But then some studies showed that it was too high in the glucose or something. I also am not the best with all of these terms. So don't take my full word for it, but there's always something coming new. Then stevia was the next big thing. And now they're saying stevia 
stevia is not good for you. So now there's that monk fruit sweetener. So there's always something new. And a lot of these is to be aware that a lot of these are created as business opportunities. Some of them are amazing for you. Some of them might not be so good for you, but it doesn't mean just that one is good, that the rest of them are horrible. And that's where it really comes to listening to yourself and what feels right to you, what feels right to your body. Because more often than you think, and this goes for any type of business, this goes for any type of corporation, a lot of people will spread and create scientific studies or news articles or will create media and advertisements to make you believe one thing or the other. And that's a whole nother topic, but so many of our beliefs are based on media. So many of our beliefs are based on basically what companies are telling us so that we can buy their products, which is really interesting to me because that was a lot of kind of, for me, I'm a business background. That's what I studied in college. And it's really amazing to learn about that. But anyways, I got a little sidetracked. So those rules, those things that you think you know about food, that sugar, Splenda, Stevia, and now monk fruit sweetener is the best sweetener for you. And maple syrup on top of that because it's vegan, right? So right now those are the best sweeteners. But what if they're all pretty good for you and you just do which one feels better to you? And if you want to hear my story, I personally think I don't like Stevia. I don't like Splenda because they don't taste good to me. I feel like they taste like chemicals and they're not natural. So I prefer maple syrup or honey. Maybe it will spike up my glycemic index and that's okay, but they, those feel better to me. And that's just me and my story works for me and your story works for you. So don't allow your food definitions and your food knowledge to be influenced by everybody else around you, do what feels good to you. For example, there was also the really big kale kick and the big spinach kick, and now it's changing over to like arugula and all these other greens. And that's a wonderful thing, but it doesn't mean you have to shun the rest of those. And those are the only foods that are going to be good for you. Just realize that a lot of this is marketing. A lot of this is just businesses trying to promote different things and things that have been around for ages. For example, turmeric. I grew up drinking turmeric and milk, which is now known as those golden milk lattes. I hated them growing up. And now that turmeric milk is trendy, I can't even drink it still because I have those horrible memories from when I was little. I can't even fake liking it. So I really want you to have enough power, have enough strength to pick what feels good to you, to pick what resonates with you. Don't do and have a relationship with food because it's trendy or it looks pretty or everybody else is doing it. What actually feels good to you? What makes you you and your body feel good. That's really what it's all about. So that's really what I mean about releasing everything you think you know about food, because those things that you think probably aren't even your thoughts. And you might've forced yourself to like it because, oh, it's good for you. Or you might've stopped eating it because, oh, it's not good for you. You're allowed to change that. That's what intuitive eating is all about. Intuitive eating is tapping into your body. And the reason this is so important is because your body knows exactly what it wants. Your body 
is your temple, your body, and your conscious and subconscious mind know what's best for you. They know how to heal you. They know how to take care of you. And they know how to react to the different foods you put in your body. And they'll react positively to the ones that are good for you and negatively to the ones that are bad for you. So that's really what you need to watch more of. And I'm going to talk about that in the last principle, actually. So the next one is define these foods according to your body. So for me, I know that flour is so good for me. Okay, but technically speaking, flour is bleached. Flour is not, it's chemically made, it's not naturally found, and it's not healthy, right? Everybody, especially in India, they say flour is so bad for you, so everything is wheat-based. But when I go to India, then when I eat Indian food, I cannot eat anything that's wheat-based. My appetite is just completely down, and I get so bloated. I literally eat one bite, it's called roti. I eat one bite of a real, like, wheat roti and I am so full. So anything that is wheat based for me doesn't align with my body. Does that mean it's not going to align with everybody else's body and that's the new diet? No, it's just my body. I'm the, I'm for some reason only able to properly digest flour. I can eat like a thousand tortillas that are made with flour, but I can't even eat one whole roti, which is an Indian version of a tortilla that's made with wheat. So that's my body. And so defining those foods according to your body rather than according to society. Another thing for me is I can eat a lot of raw fruits. I can eat lots of raw fruits and I can eat lots of raw vegetables, but I just really don't like the taste of too many cooked vegetables. If they're too mushy, it just doesn't taste good to me. So I have to maybe cook them a certain way. And that's another thing. That's my body. It doesn't mean that it's going to suit everybody else's body. And one thing with food is defining it how it works for you. So with bread, most people think bread equals carbs, carbs are bad. Most people think pasta, pasta equals carbs, carbs are bad. Those are two of my staples in food. And I have literally done an experiment where every single day I would eat bread or pasta and I wouldn't change anything else in my diet, but I would force myself to eat salads and less carbs. So I was like, you know what? My body is literally craving these foods, let me just do an experiment. And within that week, I lost weight. And the whole goal of this is not about losing weight. It's more about how you feel. I felt more energized. I felt better. And according to science and according to nutritionists and dietitians, this probably doesn't make any sense, but that's not, that's not the point. The point is that our bodies all react differently to different foods. We have different relationships with food. Another thing to kind of think about is, for example, my mom and Tom, they are obsessed with rice. They can eat rice with every single meal and I can barely swallow without feeling like super heartburny and acidic a spoon of rice. That's another thing that's my kind of food restriction, so to speak. So now I choose not to eat rice, but I can eat rice noodles. So it's really just about experimenting with your food and allowing yourself and your body to react the way it does does because it's one of those things. Have you ever eaten something and it makes you feel kind of full and just really bloated? Like for me, 
That's where the wheat and the rice comes in. Those two things make me feel so bloated that I literally feel so full. I can't even take a full breath after I eat those things. And it might sound ridiculous, but it's so true because my body reacts so poorly to those. And I know for Tom, he hates mushrooms for no reason, but that just means his body doesn't align with mushrooms. And I love mushrooms and I would try and force him to eat mushrooms, but he would always just get like an icky feeling. And that's his body just telling him it doesn't work for him. That's all. That's all it is. And so much of the time we try and force and choke stuff down because it's good for us or it's healthy. But honestly, the same way you drink a kale smoothie, the same way it's supposed to heal your body, if you don't enjoy that kale smoothie, it's going to do more harm to you than a quote unquote big greasy burger will. If that big greasy burger is what you're craving and feels good to you, that will literally be able to nourish you more than a kale smoothie will at that moment because of what your body is craving. That's the way it works. It's so much about the way your taste buds are working, the way your emotions are, the way your body is asking you to feed and nourish it because at different times, at different points in our life, our body wants different things. So sometimes I go on a green smoothie kick and sometimes I go on literally a pasta, like a creamy pasta kick. And my body just changes based on that. And I love that because I'm able to now listen to my body. So instead of letting other people define your foods, instead of defining your foods because of how they're supposed to be, you watch your body, look at the way your body reacts and notice what makes you, makes your mouth water. What recipes do you tend to look up because it's fun and it's fun to bake or it's fun to make these really delicious chicken dishes, whatever it is for you, what feels good to you? Those are the foods that your body is really going to start to want. The next thing, which I think is the biggest thing is disconnecting from the shame that comes with certain foods. And this really goes into kind of those fattier foods, the fried foods and the desserts. All three of those things, immediately when you think of it, everyone loves them, but we think they're oh so bad for us and they're horrible for us and that's it. But to be honest, everybody's body, one, reacts differently to the way those foods are eaten. And secondly, the way you look at those foods and the way you feel when you eat those foods is the way that food is going to react in your body. So this, I kind of mentioned this already with the greasy burger versus the kale smoothie. But for example, if you feel shame that you are enjoying a hot dog on the streets of New York, then that hot dog will probably induce shame in your body of some sort, whether that is weight gain, whether that is breaking out, whether that is just feeling low about yourself. Your body will attract more of that shame because that's the energy you looked at and put into that food. So that's just carrying itself with you. And another thing that I think is really powerful is saying a little affirmation, saying a little thing of gratitude, whatever you're kind of working more towards when you're eating that food. So for me, if I am starting to feel shame, I, before I eat that food, I'm like, you know what? This food is going to nourish me in exactly the way it needs to. And I enjoy eating this food. Normally for me, if I am trying to kind of watch what I'm eating for some reason, because I don't feel good, but I'm still craving craving that sugary kind of chocolatey dessert, I will say that affirmation before it because I'll allow my body to take the nutrients, take whatever my body is craving from that 
and allow it to nourish my body rather than, oh my gosh, I'm going to eat this. It's cheat day. I'm feeling guilty, but it tastes so good. And all those pizza and taco memes because they're not healthy foods and they're good for you. Like that is what I'm really trying to help you eliminate is the shame that we associate with food. It's such common culture and it might not go away immediately. It's a really a journey about you and your relationship with food because the more you deprive yourself of things that you really want, the more your body is going to crave those. And it's just a downward spiral from there. That's really when I've experienced this too, where the binge eating starts or the sneaking your food starts. I remember this so, so thoroughly. I think I was in middle school, which is so sad to look back on because I was what, 13 and I already was having body image issues and I was trying to control what I ate so I could be even skinnier and all of these things. But I also loved sweets and I would feel guilty because if I ate sweets, I would gain weight. And that's obviously what I was trying to avoid as a little 13 year old. And so I literally remember running into my parents were upstairs. They were working. um, and I would run into the pantry, grab five cookies and stuff them in my mouth. And like literally thinking about that, it's so funny to me. Oops, sorry. It's so funny to me because like, that's like a cute little kid in my eyes, but thinking about the emotion and the kind of mindset that I was in, that is really sad. And that's not fair to put so much shame and just eating a freaking cookie. The girl just wanted a little cookie and that's it. And I felt so guilty. And that guilt wasn't necessarily created because my mom or my dad, that guilt was self-induced. That guilt was from media. That guilt was based on the conversations I was having with my friends. I remember literally from as young as I can remember, all of the girls around me would talk about eating salads because it's so healthy and we have to look the best. And those are all learned things, whether from moms or parents, whether it's from media, whether it's from social media. So it's really so powerful to just disconnect from that shame because that shame is what actually leads to those eating disorders and the really low self-esteem and the low self-confidence. And then that becomes a mindset issue. And that's when you have to really rewire your mind to allow your body to reframe and redefine that relationship with your food. And it's not fair to us to do that because the more we resist something, the more we persist it. And I remember when I first transitioned into kind of that diet culture into intuitive eating and getting comfortable with that and just like honoring myself, it was hard for me because I would just always crave sweets. And I was like, how does this make sense? How can I be healthy while just eating a bunch of chocolate chip pancakes? Like, how is that possible? But one, I was, I did stay healthy. And two, those cravings go away. Once you set, like once you, I don't even remember the word, once you, um, like tend to those cravings. I'm blanking on the word. It's like salivate those cravings, but that doesn't make sense. Once you tend to those cravings, they'll eventually go away. It's basically like you're avoiding something so much that it becomes the most important thing. But once you actually do it, it's like, oh, whatever. That's the same thing with food cravings. And it's just avoiding the shame and saying, you know what? It's okay to feel this way. It's okay to want to eat a cookie. I'm not a horrible human being for enjoying a dessert. I'm not a horrible human being for enjoying an in and out burger or a hot dog or a fried pickle. Like it doesn't matter what I eat because that's what feels good to me. And if you want to hear what I've been eating, I've been eating like mini eggplant pizza 
does. So that's what felt good to me. But then last week I had a bunch of pasta. So this week I'm feeling less pasta-y and more vegetable-y. And then last week I was feeling really carb heavy and that's totally fine. I'm not ashamed of that anymore. And the biggest thing I think with food is the amount of shame we put on ourselves that no one else sees because half the time it's in our head and you're just like, okay, just one more donut, one more cupcake. And you're just controlling yourself. And there's so much willpower and stress and just basically you thinking that you're in the wrong for wanting something sweet or wanting something kind of that's fried or wanting a burger which is not bad for you. It's just the way you are thinking about it. So letting go of that shame through the affirmation I gave you, which is really just talking to your food. Your food is listening. Your food is energy. It feels the way you're feeling and it's going to just put more of that into you. So imagine if you are, there's a big plate of donuts at work and you look at it and you're like, oh my gosh, that looks so good. And you're like, you know what? I'm just going to eat one and no one will even know. How does it matter if no one knows? It's you and your mind. Because I have been in that situation. I've been in that space where I'm like, oh my gosh, no one will even see me. It's not even going to bother anything. No one's going to judge me for eating this donut. Because that is the kind of the shame that we're really living through. It's one self-shame, but it's also the excuse that other people are going to judge us for what we eat. And that's the relationship that you have to redefine and have enough strength and develop enough strength to say, you know what? I know what my body needs. And that's where I come around to the fourth and last point, which is just being mindful about your body. And that's why I love intuitive eating. Obviously, in the name, it talks about intuition and it's developing and strengthening and allowing yourself to listen to your intuition. But I don't think people understand why it's so powerful. If our bodies have proven powers to heal themselves, like the way if I have a scar, my body knows how to heal that scar. If I'm sick, my body knows how to heal from that cold or that flu. Yes, I might need some amplifiers, whether it's if you're into taking medicines, if you're into essential oils, if you're into just talking that sickness away, whatever works for you. But your body still at the core knows how to heal itself. And that's the core function of your body is to protect and heal you. So how is it possible that your body does not know what's good for you? How is it possible that your body does not know what foods are good for you? Your body is so smart. And that's what intuitive eating is all about is letting your subconscious mind and your body come together to make those decisions for you and you allowing your subconscious and your body to guide you in what you want to eat rather than being guided by people who don't even know you, people who don't have necessarily the best interest. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. People who are just doing this for their benefit sometimes, whether it's creating a diet plan, whether it's creating um, a new product, all of these are for them as well. Yes, they want to help you, but their goal isn't to help every single human on this planet because that's not possible. There's not a one size fits all solution to anything, whether that's healing, whether that's food, whether that's manifestation. There's not a one size fits all fix. This is something that's different for every single person for every single body. 
And that's why it's really about coming back to your body. And the first thing to come to your body with is asking yourself, what am I actually craving? What do I want? What sounds good to me? Letting your taste buds talk to you. That's the best way to figure out what to eat and what's going to actually nourish you in the proper way because your body will tell you, sometimes I'm craving chocolate. Sometimes I'm craving super salty and sometimes I'm craving nothing and I'm not even hungry. And sometimes I don't eat for the entire day and I just have one meal. And that's the next point. Ask your body how full it is. Honor your body's fullness, but also honor your body's hunger. Your body can digest sometimes really, really quickly and be hungry six to seven times a day, but sometimes your body will digest really slowly and the food you ate will keep it satiated for a much longer time than expected. So instead of feeling the need to eat six times a day or three times a day on routine every single day, what if you actually just paused and listened and asked your body, what do you want to eat? Do I want a coffee today or do I not need it? Do I want to drink something juicy or do I want just like a flavored water? What if you asked your body rather than getting into the kind of addicting habit of rituals and routines and daily meal planning? What if you just listened to your body and asked if it was even hungry at 8 a.m.? Most of the time I realize my body's not hungry until 11 and then I'm hungry again at 3 and 5 and 7. So it's a really weird schedule. It's not necessarily like that all the time. Sometimes I eat six times a day and sometimes I eat one time a day. So my body is always changing and the only factor isn't just my hunger and my stomach. There's emotional factors, there's physical factors, there's stress, there's the people around you, there's the food that's available. Sometimes the food just doesn't sound good to me and I'm not even hungry because it doesn't sound good. So I'm like, well, I'd rather just not because I don't want to just stuff myself with something that doesn't feel good to me. So that's really where it comes to honoring your body's truth and honoring the mind that your body has, being mindful of that body because your body knows what it needs and your body knows you best. Nobody else's body is the exact same as yours. And that's why the way you eat, the things you eat and your relationship with food is your own. It's not anybody else's to deal with. That's between you, your body and the food. So let your body talk to you, allow yourself to listen and take back your own power. Once again, I feel like I always come back to this point. It is so powerful to take back your own power and honor that you know what's best for you. Even if it doesn't seem logical, even if it doesn't align with pop culture, even if it's not on trend, even if it's against the trends, what aligns with your body is what is best for you. And that's always going to be that way. Another thing I really like doing is allowing my intuition to guide me. And sometimes when I first started this, it was just a little overwhelming. I was like, I don't know where to start. I don't know how to just automatically start intuitively eating. So the affirmation I gave myself and feel free to use this. This is for you as well. If you don't know where to start and you want to try just experimenting with this is I allow my intuition to guide me and I crave the foods that are good for my body. And that's what I think is so important is to just 
ask your body. A lot of the times we just try planning it out and how is intuitive eating going to work and this and that, but we just need to take a pause and experiment, make this fun, have fun with it, try it for a week and notice the way you're feeling. And some foods might not be the best for you. Like for example, some foods that I actually really enjoy give me adverse reactions in certain environments. And that is more so a stress factor. Like I notice when I I'm in Arizona, cheese really doesn't suit me. And I love cheese. I'm not a vegan. I'm just vegetarian and I love cheese. But in Arizona, sometimes when I'm there, we're moving around so much and I'm a little more stressed because we're juggling a lot of things. So maybe my body in stress mode cannot handle that cheese and can't digest it properly. So there's so many different factors that are always going to be changing. And your foods and your cravings and things that sound good to you will change, whether it's daily, monthly, or over over the years and have fun with it. Allow yourself to experiment and delve into this with love and with grace and with kindness rather than going into anytime you eat food or anytime you look at food with shame and guilt and, oh my gosh, I'm going to get fat or, oh my gosh, this is not good for me. Whatever that messaging is that you're giving yourself, start to tune into your body and let go of the messaging everybody else is giving you. That to me is what intuitive eating is. And to give you a quick recap, the four principles I covered were the first one is release everything that you think you know about food, all the rules, everything you think, you know, release all of that. The second one, define foods according to how they work with your body, how they make you feel, how they work when you eat them. How do you feel after that? Create your food definitions based on the way your body works with those foods. Number three is disconnecting the shame that comes with certain foods. When that's those common foods that we have, whether it's sugar, whether it's fried food, whether it's really oily food, disconnect the shame that comes with eating those types of foods. And the fourth one is be mindful of your body and start listening to it. Listen to your cravings. Ask your body when it's full. Ask your body when it's hungry. Your body is your guide. Your body knows exactly what it needs. And if you allow your body to teach you and to guide you through this process, it'll be a beautiful way to redefine the way you feel about food. And it's not necessarily about losing weight or looking a certain way. This is just to go in something we do three, most of the times, three times a day on average, and just feeling good when you're doing it. I remember for a really huge chunk of my life, for at least six or seven years of my life, food would be like my worst enemy. I would always try and avoid the not so good quote unquote foods for me. And I would always try and eat healthy. And it was just a constant battle. That was a reminder of how I'm not good enough. Food used to be a really heavy topic for me. And now it's become a beautiful topic. And I I cook and I experiment and I allow myself to have fun and play and enjoy food with love rather than with shame. So once you change your relationship with food, which is something we all need to survive, I think it's a beautiful shift that comes with your life because there's so many things that are connected with it. So I really, really hope that this episode was helpful for you. It's something that's really close to my heart and something I practice every day. So if this episode shed some light or inspired you or helped you in any way, please share that with me, whether it's on your Instagram or on my podcast reviews, it would be so helpful for me 
to know what type of stuff just works for you guys. And I would love to learn more about the different types of things that work for you. And one more thing speaking of is that intuitive eating might not be for everybody and that's okay. This is what has worked for me and has given me the most amount of love in my life. And that's why I wanted to share that with you because I hope it does the same for you. So this episode is dedicated to you and your relationship with food. And I hope that only flourishes and becomes even more beautiful during the holiday season. So I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and thank you for sharing some time with me. Have a good one. Bye. So how did you like today's episode? I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed recording it. And before you leave, I wanted to just say thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for spending some time with me. If this episode or any of my content has ever inspired you, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could leave a review in the iTunes podcast app and just share this with someone you care about. The more you guys leave reviews and share this with people, the more I am able to create more content for you and that's what fuels me and keeps me going. I am so genuinely grateful for the time we shared today and until next time, I'm sending you lots of love and lots of healing energy. Bye!